I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings right here on VSIN, the sports betting network. We welcome you in on a Tuesday, the 16th, January 2024. Hope you're doing well. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles, the dangerous duo, Amal Shaw, of course, Dustin Sweetelson, live downtown Las Vegas there at the D Bar Canada. Stop by. They don't charge much for autographs. Well, Dustin does, but you can get a selfie with the handsome Amal. We've got a lot to unpack here. The divisional round numbers are in. We take a deep breath because yesterday, of course, we closed out Super Wild Card Week on a couple of blowouts. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Buffalo 31-17. That game got interesting. Also, a lot of interesting storylines coming out of that game. And then you take a look at the night one and Philly, Tampa Bay, 32-9. If you had it, of course, that number closed. Philly laying two and a half down in Tampa. And I'm going to say this right now, okay? As we start the show, the Lions have a layup to get to the championship round. I mean, this is unbelievable the way this is laid out for my Detroit Lions. And that leads us to the Philadelphia Eagles, because today the conversation surrounds and I'll say hi to the boys in a second. The conversation surrounds Nick Sirianni and will he or won't he? Will he continue as the head coach of the Eagles? And this is something I've been stressing for a long time. If you're the Detroit Lions who right now at DraftKings are sitting as seven point favorites over the Bucks aforementioned you have to win it this year because once you lose Ben Johnson, Philadelphia fans are finding out what it's like to lose the pieces that built the Super Bowl contender. Nick Sirianni just went to the Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni may be jobless by the time this program's done in two hours and 59 minutes. Why? Because he lost his offensive coordinator. Because he lost his defensive coordinator. It's not, it's simple to do the math. And again, we sit here today with the divisional round on the horizon and the super wild card weekend in the rear view tons to discuss Amal Shaw how we doing doing a lot better than Nick Sirianni and credit to you and Dustin I disagreed with you guys last week that I thought Sirianni could be potentially on his way out Patrick based on the performance we saw last night those guys walking off the field I thought the man was going to his own death I mean, it just seemed like they were lifeless and listless throughout that football game yesterday. And give the Buccaneers credit. I want to go back to one thing you said about the Lions. I don't want to jinx it for anybody that's a Lions fan, but man, you couldn't ask for a better script. You get an opportunity at home. The Cowboys get dusted at home. And then you've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to town. I don't know if there's probably or potentially a worse two teams than Philly and Tampa. And you get one of those remaining two teams. 
And Amal, I heard a collective groan amongst VEASAN and Sharp Money viewers when I brought up the Lions. No, this isn't about the Detroit Lions. I'm trying to make a bigger picture and a point here, and that is you have to capitalize when you have these opportunities. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Lions back in October beat the Buccaneers down in Tampa. The Bucs then went on to go through a one and six stretch. This is a bad, objectively bad football team. Nice little story with Baker. Nice little story with with Todd Bowles. They probably outside of the division shouldn't be in the postseason. And again, objectively, the Lions have more talent. DraftKings is showing a seven. That's a big favorite in the divisional round. We'll get to the rest of the numbers. There's the big guy uh, feeling good after a week off last week. Uh, an odd time to take the week. I think Len and John Goulet noticed, but he's back this week. We say hi, and he's still bragging about his record over at vsin.com <laughs> with the picks. Now, I will say one thing. I was involved in intensive meetings about something that is big and huge news here at VEASAN, and that is we've got a brand new paint job. We've got a brand new website that's being rolled out today. I'm going to tell you something right now. When it comes to sports betting information and an experience, this new website is going to provide that to you at a level we haven't seen before. Uh, a better mobile experience as well. Now, again, you're going to find some kinks over the next couple of days as the website becomes what it's going to be. But if you go to vcin.com slash subscribe and you enter your email address for the vcin daily, you're going to find all the information for the new website. Uh, just a quick little plug because I'm proud of everybody behind the scenes that put a lot of hard work into it. And I would mostly give credit to myself because they came to me with every big decision when it came to this website. And I said, yes, that looks perfect. The big guy. What's up? Well, uh, the website looks very clean. I enjoy the new look. I know it is clean. I know there are a lot of people out there who can't handle change to like their daily tasks. So this is going to throw them off. Like if their grocery store changed what type of bags they gave them on the way out, they'd be annoyed about that. At some point, you'll just accept what is your reality and you'll end up liking this better than the old one. I guarantee it. I don't know why I guaranteed it. I'm actually not involved in the website. Uh, secondly, the, the reason I do charge for pictures if people come to the D, because if you go to that vcin.com's picks page right now, you'll see uh, yesterday was a 0 for 1, 2, 3, 0 for 10 day for your boy. Wait, 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 hold on a second. I know we have football to discuss. You went 0 for 10? You took, you went 0 for yesterday? Well, there was a lot of shots for like two plus touchdowns. Everything was plus money. There was just, we were, we were having funsies. It wasn't crazy. I said a lot of it was for pizza money, but it was not a good day. Well, like the, the bet that I love the most, Mike Evans over receiving. Turns out he's not the best receiver on that team anymore. Trey Palmer is. You'll figure it out, big guy. Don't worry. You'll get it back. Okay, boys, uh, enough. Let's get right to it. And Amal, you said it with Sirianni where here's what's interesting. I went to bed last night thinking there was no way you could bring Sirianni back. And then I woke up. I slept on it probably like the Eagles owner and like Howie Roseman, the general manager and president. They slept on it as well. You let emotions subside a little bit. And I'm going to tell you something right now. This guy doesn't deserve a mulligan. There's no way you can move on from Sirianni. He's gone to the playoffs three straight years, the Super Bowl last year. But yesterday, yesterday was a bad look if you're looking to support him like I am. We're we're going to have plenty of audio from the Eagles locker room, including Sirianni. But I'm all let's start here. A 32-9 beatdown by the Bucks. What was the main thing you took away? Not from the Bucks. We'll get to them, but from the Eagles in that loss last night. I, I think it was just a lack of offensive continuity and consistency. The offensive line played poorly. Jalen Hurts was under duress throughout this game. 42 yards rushing, guys, in a playoff game with a team that has been effective on the ground. Maybe not as good as they were in 2022, but to only get 42 yards and then the big thing Patrick for me was the 0 for 9 on third down in this league we can sit there and point to all the stats in the world but if you really want to find out if teams won or lost a game there's two statistics for me turnovers and third down conversions they couldn't get off they couldn't stay on the field on third down yeah and I think probably out of the weekend you know, two of the biggest storylines, and we're going to have some fun with this as the show progresses. The bigger disappointment, was it the Eagles? Now they are coming off a Super Bowl berth, or was it the Cowboys who had just been so electric the last two years and that offense at home? Big guy, same question I asked them all. From the Eagles' perspective, you left that game feeling what? that there is an issue with that offense and how they're scheming things up, and they have no idea, without Shane Steichen, 
how to use Jalen Hurts. Like I, 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 I think all of us here were surprised a year ago when Jalen Hurts yes. was as good as he, as he was. But yep. it also felt like it was very sustainable the way he was schemed up. Lots of open throws, him using his legs, zone reads, and they were always in a rhythm. And they always had something to fall back on. It felt like I remember betting on a game with the Eagles a year ago against the Colts where they barely won, which has kind of been their MO over the last two years, where they needed a, a play at the goal line or it was a two-point conversion to take the lead in the fourth quarter, and they just dialed up something creative and it was there. They just found ways to win and for whatever reason this year the offense always looked clunky they never got into rhythm Jalen Hurts just never looked right it felt like he was hurt all year and I'm not saying that's an excuse because he may not be that hurt he just doesn't look like the same guy from a year ago and they just didn't scheme it up well and that's an issue Patrick Amal your take on Hurts I know that's somebody that you and I have discussed uh, many, many times on the program. I, I don't know if he's hurt, so we'll put that over here, but I will say this. They've got 250 reasons to think, uh-oh, because <laughs> that's not a very good quarterback we saw last night, and they just paid him a lot of money. Outside of that, the demeanor, the temperament, is he okay? Like, is there a pulse? I understand J.J. McCarthy, the meditation. I understand new age kids are trying to be present. But is there a fire? Like, that is the leader. You just paid him $250 million. A lot of that has to go to Hertz there as far as the blame. Completely agree with you. And I like the point you made, the lack of enthusiasm, the lack of leadership. This is a guy who's thrown four, five picks in his previous four games, didn't throw one last night, wasn't bad but at the end of the day the problem is when I look at Philadelphia it just seemed like guys to me that team didn't want to be there you know it, it reminded me Patrick you might remember this Dustin you might be a little bit young when Parcells led the Patriots to the Super Bowl against the Packers he looked like he literally had already left the building before the game had started and that's the vibe I got from this Eagles team last night nobody looked like they wanted to be out there maybe with the exception of Jason Kelsey because he knew it was going to probably be a swan song and then getting back to the point you both made about Jalen Hurts from last year I did not think he could play as well as he did last year in the 2022 season. And this year, he kind of came back to where he was. But I thought Dustin's point was a well-made one, which is you didn't expect to see a drop-off. 15 INTs this year, that's an alarming number for a guy who's in a lot of situations where their receivers are going to be better than the defensive backs with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I, I don't know. There's a piece that's missing, but I would ask both of you. Can you recall a time when an offensive coordinator left the team and it's had this profound of an impact on a team's offense the following season? I can tell you it's next year when Ben Johnson leaves <laughs> the Detroit Lions. Hey, that was too soon. Too soon. I'm just saying. But I'm saying. And also, we, the three of us all in unison said one thing. When they made that, I guess a few weeks ago now, maybe six weeks ago, that switch at defensive coordinator, that was desperation. And when you bring in Matt Patricia, you bring in that stink on your organization, it's not going to go well. And his defense has been atrocious, 32 to the Bucks. You know, Carolina held the Bucks to nine a couple of weeks ago in week 18. And you're out there in a super wildcard weekend and you give up 32. Listless is the word that Amal Shaw used, and that's the one. I'll co-op. That was a gross performance. I'm not saying Jason Kel Jason Kelsey knew he was going to retire, but the fact that he was doing his podcast in the fourth quarter with his brother maybe was a sign because that dude, he was crying in the second quarter. Like something, there's a disconnect with this Eagles team. And when we come back, you're going to hear from the head coach, Nick Sirianni. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. 
Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, start your morning just like I do with the VSIN Daily, written by Bill AD. A daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz. It's free. VSIN daily newsletter. In today's do- daily newsletter, it gives you an idea of what the new website's going to look like. We're having fun with it. It's going to be freaking awesome. Uh, I'm proud of everybody. VSIN.com slash newsletter to sign up for free right now. 2.0. Make sure you check it out. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Just quickly set you up with the numbers for the divisional round. DraftKings right now. So Houston, Baltimore, that's going to be first up on Saturday. And that number right now is sitting Baltimore Lane 9. We'll get into the machinations of the number. I'll just give them to you quickly. 44 on the total. Houston in Baltimore. Green Bay, San Francisco, that's the biggest number of the weekend right now. San Francisco, lane nine and a half, hosting Love and the Young Packers. We then move to Sunday, early game, Tampa Bay, Mayfield versus Goff and Detroit. DraftKings is sitting seven. Amal and I had a discussion yesterday. Was it going to be six and a half, seven? It depends on where you're shopping. You can find six and a halfs, or you can find the seven right now, DraftKings, if you're looking to bet the bucks. Kansas City, Buffalo will close out the weekend. Probably, if you just look on paper, the matchup that most are anticipating. A lot of good information over uh, with the VEASAN Daily Newsletter today about this matchup, Kansas City and Buffalo. It's two and a half. Interesting number. That's interesting for a multitude of reasons. Two and a half with Buffalo laying it. So Buffalo minus two and a half, 46 and a half on the total. As far as today's program, of course, the Eagles are a big part of the conversation. As we come off the loss last night in Tampa Bay, we're going to go straight and about 30 minutes to Philadelphia on the beat. Scott Grayson covers the Eagles. He'll let you know what's happening with Sirianni. Emery Hunt does a great job. CBS Sports covering football. Mike Randall, the GOAT, is going to be joining us. And John McClain, truly the GOAT. He's been to every Super Bowl that's been played. And he covered the Houston Chronicle, uh, excuse me, the Texans and the Oilers at the Chronicle for years and years and years. So looking forward to talking to John McClain. But as we welcome you back, will he or won't he, Sirianni boys, will he continue as the head coach of that team? It's so weird. I've kind of flip-flopped on this. And Dustin, I think we're going to start there with the head coach. You know, this is the guy that kind of bumbled and fumbled all over himself a few years back in the introductory press conference, got off on the wrong foot. You know, public speaking's not for everybody. He had some empathy for the dude. Anybody that stood up in front of a class and given a speech, it ain't easy. But he said things like, let Less talk equals talent takeover. His brain was just exploding on the spot. And then three straight playoff runs and a Super Bowl appearance last year. And frankly, what he lose by three in the Super Bowl. And then all of a sudden turn around, lose your coordinators. That happens with success. 
and a team that started 10 and one just got blown out down in Tampa Bay. Okay. So that has a lot of people questioning what's going to happen with Sirianni. Roseman's very progressive. The Eagles organization is very progressive. They're not going to be afraid to fire somebody if it's time to move on, but go ahead, Dustin, let's set this up as far as Sirianni. And let me add a couple other weird ones that were more recent than his hiring. Uh, after the Super Bowl caught on camera, giving the Chiefs the middle finger during the trophy presentation, and his quarterback Jalen Hurts had to pull his arm down to be like, come on, man. And then second, after beating the Chiefs this regular season, caught in the tunnel cursing out Chiefs fans on his way back to the locker room. So a very weird guy, very weird vibes, had a good year last year. This year's been a meltdown. He was asked in his postgame presser yesterday about Philly not looking right down the stretch this year. Uh, obviously, we, we were in a, in a big slide, and, you know, um, anytime, anytime that's the case, I always look at myself first, and I didn't do a good enough job. And, and obviously, we lost five of the last six and lost today. Uh, and, and it's almost like you, you couldn't get out of the rut. We, we couldn't get out the rut we're in, and that's, and that's all of us. Uh, we'll have to look ourselves in the mirror and, and accept that and, uh, you know, just find, find answers, find solutions. Uh, but obviously, you know, when you start 10 and 1, um, you know, and then you, and then you get into what, what happened for us, obviously, that the expectations were high. Um, expectations were even higher when we started off 10 and 1, and we fell into a skid. So I'll look at everything. So he's showing humility there. So that that I guess you could look at it one of two ways. One, that he's growing up a little bit on the job or two, he's a front runner. Right. I'm all he's cocky. He's flicking people off double bird, being very boisterous when things are going well. And now he's taking his comeuppance and showing a little humility after the embarrassing loss yesterday in Tampa. Yeah, I don't think he had a choice. I do give him some credit for actually coming out and accepting the fact that it seemed like they were kind of just stuck in a rut from games. Their last six games they have gotten better. I mean, they were progressing as the season was going along and then all of a sudden just hit a pitfall, never recovered from it. Uh, guys, I don't know where you're at in terms of going into the offseason. I still think based on the body of work, you keep him. But, you know, when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago or maybe last week, I don't necessarily disagree that if they made a change, I can see why simply based on the way this team played the effort. And some of the things I'll point to is the schedule down the stretch. I don't remember any team having as uh, tough of a five-week stretch as they had Dallas twice, Buffalo, San Francisco, and Kansas City. I mean, you talk about a nightmare of a schedule that they had, but... To me, when I look at this team right now, it, they just need to take a step back and reevaluate in the next couple of weeks what they want to do and maybe make a decision there. But it, it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other what they decide to do with him. Look, if they're going to make a change, they're a little bit behind the eight ball. My assumption is they expected to win that game. The book said last night they were going to win that game. So I'm guessing Roseman and Lori, the owner, they expected this to continue. So if they have somebody in mind, first thing you have to find out is does Steichen like his house in Indianapolis? If Shane Steichen likes living in Indianapolis, he likes coaching the Colts, then okay, he's going to stay there. Maybe you give it another go with Sirianni. If Steichen's willing to come back you get rid of mr less talking equals talent takeover and you say shane steichen just took gardner Minshew to the book like that is to what so again dustin i think there's decisions to be made we don't know what the inner workings are of the organization we do know there's one red flag jumping off the defensive coordinator sending him up to the box and choosing matt patricia was desperation so that's the setup let's go ahead and get to next uh series Sirianni's next clip. Here. Yeah, so Sirianni then was asked about, you know, the potential for what we're talking about uh, right now, his job being up in the air. Over here, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about the guys. Um, again, there's a lot of guys in that locker room, all the guys in that locker room, every single one of them that put their heart and soul into this. Um, I'm not worried about me. I'm not, I'm worried, I'm, I'm not worried, I'm, I'm, you know, as a head coach, uh, I'm just trying to be there for our guys and our staff right now, um, you know, through a, through a tough time. Um, you know, obviously, we, we, didn't, we didn't finish uh, anywhere near we wanted to finish. And uh, so, again, my heart feels for these guys. You know, we're all taking it hard, and that's where my mind is right now. Yeah, accountability. All right. What are you laughing at? Is something funny there? I mean, he is taking accountability. No, no, I'm not laughing. I, I was setting up the next clip. I uh, what. 
the thing about Sirianni is you, I think you, you, you can't always do this. Like, I don't think you can always ask the players what they want, but you need to know where the players come down. Like, was, the, was what happened yesterday due to effort? Was it due to being unprepared? And was it due to a disconnect with their head coach? If the answer is yes to those three, then you really have to consider letting Sirianni go. Well, the scheme is one thing. Hold on, let me interrupt you. And do you guys agree with this? Like, there were men making business decisions on the Eagles side out <laughs> yeah. there. They weren't giving max effort yeah. yesterday, right? I 100%. mean, we all agree. I, I just, I need to know why. I need to know, is it because they no longer want to play for this coach? They no longer get up for this coach? Or is it because they were put in impossible situations? I would just add, I think, Patrick, you asked a great question, and it's one that needs to be addressed from Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie to uh, Shane Steichen. I'm sorry, uh, to Nick Sirianni. It seemed like guys were not given a complete effort. And when they put in Matt Patricia to be the defensive coordinator for Sean Desai in terms of the play calling, that was an SOS flare that got sent up. Are you kidding me? On a team that was primed to have potentially the best record in the NFL, you're changing defensive coordinators in the middle of the season. Arguably one of your best defensive players in Darius Slay openly has an issue with the person you named as the DC on that team and Matt Patricia. I just didn't understand the thinking of by bringing in a guy like Matt Patricia at this point in time, it'd be like bringing in Josh McDaniels to be the OC in the middle of the season. Oh, I think Josh McDaniels is actually better than Matt Patricia, That's which fair. is the funny part. Well, that is, whew, that is a, a Sophie's choice. Nobody wants uh, win percentage. 31st opponents point per game. 31st point margin. 31st turnover margin. Worst in football since week 13. That's all scheme. Like that's that's another conversation. Yes. I don't care if I'm Roseman and Laurie about the points scored or points given up. I care that I saw dudes not attempting to make tackles in a playoff game. That question has to be answered yeah and let's sneak this in real quick it's a short one jalen hurts simple simple question does he want nick sirianni back as his head coach i didn't know he was going anywhere i didn't know that I oh. everybody i have a ton of confidence in um in everyone in this building um it's just a matter of us going out there and playing clean football and that's been something that we the I just woke up. I don't know what's really happening. Insufferable bit that Jalen Hurts has done all year is getting loathsomely tiresome. Like, dude, get with it. Where are like that's the leader of the team? If I'm Sirianni, I'm going. What is that? This I got sold to bed. But like, this is the dude. You saw the Goddard reaction. Goddard was pissed, and my man was just zoning out like he's the Dalai Lama. It's the it's it's freaking playoff football. I'm, Pro Sirianni, what's up with Hertz? This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, if you're not a VSIN pro yet, you can do it right now for $9.99 for a month. See if you like it. If so, carry on. Daily best bets, access to the betting splits, upcoming big game betting guides as well. VSIN.com slash subscribe for more information. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings, of course, coming off the Eagles' failures, a 10 and 1 start, and then blown out by the Bucks last night, wildcard round. We're having the discussion because as I look down at social media right now, Nick Sirianni is trending and he's been trending <laughs> since that game last night, boys. Now, I heard an interesting conversation during the break between Amal and Dustin about Jalen Hurts and his prospects moving forward. Is he that dude we saw last year or is he the dude we saw this year? Probably like anything in life, it's somewhere in between. But I do know this. You guys will remember when the Shanahan's were forced by Daniel Snyder to draft RG3. They didn't want him. They showed that by a couple rounds later taking Kirk Cousins. However, what they did when they got Robert Griffin III is they created an offense around him where he had one of the great rookie campaigns a quarterback has ever had. Then Robert Griffin III decided he wanted to be a pocket passer, and now he's on ESPN. What is my point? My point is you can scheme these guys up like Shane Steichen could have done something with Jalen Hurts this year. If Nick Sirianni is going to be the head coach, the CEO, well, then maybe you keep him around. But obviously they have a systemic issue within that organization that then spreads to effort. Because like we said, and we're going to hear from Lane Johnson and more, like we said last night, Amal, effort was my biggest issue. I don't care that you got outscored by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Matt Patricia, who 
who will be on the first flight out of Philly. He's not going to be there next year. His defense would loathsome. It was more about the effort. I, I would agree with you completely, and I think that's the thing when you point to, you look at some of the plays that they had in that game. Even Dustin mentioned the drop by Mike Evans. Guys were open, and it wasn't just that they were open. It seemed like the tackling, the, and you called it earlier, Patrick, you said business decisions. That's exactly what it was. They felt like a team in week 18 that was you know, coming in with no shot at the postseason and getting ready to go on vacation, and I was really surprised by the effort. It was from the jump in that game, guys. I never felt like Philadelphia was in that football game. They never seemed like they were in Engaged. And you mentioned Matt Patricia. There's no more Bill Belichick to employ you in the pencil. So I'm not sure where he's going to be next year. <laughs> he might. He might be renting a room from Dustin's parents down in Atlanta because if Belichick, who interviewed with the Falcons last night, ends up with the Falcons, maybe he'll bring his good boy, Matt Patricia. Well, with maybe him. they have some openings for him over at Dixon Ticonderoga. <laughs> okay. You know what some that is? say Roga. And he could also look, we've tried offensive coordinator didn't work for Matty P. We've tried defensive coordinator obviously hasn't worked. We've tried head coach, ask the Lions fans, maybe special teams coordinator in high school. Uh, Dustin, let's go ahead and hear from Lane Johnson. You yeah. promised fireworks. Yeah. So the first one here from Lane Johnson, offensive lineman for the Eagles, been there for a long time, uh, talking with the media at his locker about potential coach firings coming after that loss. I'm just like you. I'm sitting and watching. I don't. I really don't know what's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's very frustrating. You have, um, you know, you see what this team was, and you see how the team ended, and the slide that we had, and, and there was no stopping. Um, so it's very frustrating. So, um, you know, it's a wild business we're in. I mean, everybody's nobody. Okay, he Lane Johnson safe. literally just said, "I don't care what happens to Nick Sirianni." Right. How else could you? I'm not misconstruing. He said, it's crazy business. What are you going to do? We were better last year. He didn't co-sign for Sirianni there, boys. No, no, not at all. And I'll tell you what, I was surprised to see a player on a current roster with that coach in place right there still be so open about it. I, I give him credit. He was very for, he didn't necessarily say, hey, I want Sirianni out. But he didn't also say, hey, listen, we're ready to bring him back with over arms. Well, he said he's just like the rest of yeah, us. He's exactly. going to sit and watch. The rest of us don't have say as to whether or not Sirianni could come back. That was concerted by Lane Johnson not to say, well, unlike the rest of you, I have some say in this and I want that dude back. He did not say that, Sweetelson. No, no, no. He also went on to say this was an embarrassing moment for him and the team. You know, it's very embarrassing. You go from you know ten and one to losing last whatever six to seven or whatever we did. Um, and you know, we've done all the press conferences. We've done all the you know explaining, trying to still not get corrected. So um, you know, there's probably going to be some changes. It's frustrating. Um, you know, hopefully, as long as I'm playing, I don't want to have to be a part of something like this again. So that's. Oh, oh my gosh. I hope Nick Sirianni is not getting a Christmas card, Hanukkah card from Lane Johnson. Like that was you're right. That did deliver because he is not on team Sirianni. That's fascinating because isn't he's one of the leaders of that football team. I believe he's a free agent. See, they have a lot of decisions to make in Philly as well, because a lot of those dudes we've seen around for a while are like Jason Kelly, who Jason Kelsey, who just retired, Lane Johnson, others. They've got some big names up, boys. Well, Lane Johnson's got he's got another few years, but I, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, DeAndre Swift, a bunch of receivers, a bunch of DBs. A lot of their depth is going to be gone in the offseason. They're they're getting gutted there. But Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham have been, you know, from the the two tri the one the team that won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles they've been there well before that. It's going to be interesting to see what happens, but I give Johnson credit. Players generally are not outspoken or vocal about what they want to see happen. Now he didn't come out and say, "Look, I want Sirianni gone," but the fact that he didn't give an endorsement from a player who's been, I would say, one of the five most important Eagles over the last two three years, that really stings if you're Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I would say the lack of an endorsement is the endorsement to say, see you later. That's my perspective on Lane Johnson. Go ahead, big guy. Final one from uh, from Lane here. He was asked plain and simple, were the guys not trying hard enough? 
the problem. We all have great relationships. It's just, you know, we have a slide going, uh, we, and you can't stop it. Um, you know, losing last uh, whatever we did, I don't, probably the first second team to end like this, you know, after starting the season the way you did and ending the way you did, it's frustrating. So, um, like I said, we've, we've offered plenty of explanations, but at the end, end of the day, we never did get the result we wanted to. So, got to change. They started to slide, and they couldn't stop it. That's the head coach's job. Sorry. Those are three damning clips from Lane Johnson right there. You're absolutely right. You know what's a comparable team to this? Remember the 2020 Steelers? They started 11-0. They had that Tuesday game against the uh, Commanders. They end up losing that football game. They get bounced in the first round of the playoffs in a blowout. This is a similar situation we saw in Philadelphia, guys. Look, I thought Philly was a coin toss of a game. I didn't have an opinion one way or the other. When you look back on it, it looked like Tampa Bay, you know, on a pleaser play, minus three and a half, four and a half was an easy win or whatever you would have taken. They just, the Eagles never felt like they were in that football game last night. Uh, after they, I just want to point this out. After they lost to the Cowboys week 14, I bet them plus 750 to win the Super Bowl. And my mindset at that time was I'm buying low on this team. I had no idea how low they could go. Like, this is insane how far they've fallen since then. Because up until that point, the one thing you could give them credit for was they just found ways to win close games. Like, if the game was close in the fourth quarter, somehow they would get in the right position and end up with a win. And then after that, that stretch starting with San Francisco, I, I, can't, I can't believe how far they've fallen. I never thought they would look this bad. To get owned by Baker Mayfield? Baker Mayfield looked so cool, calm, and collected. He was doing shtick on the sidelines with a water boy. <laughs> Sprayed a water boy in the face with, with his water bottle. Like, he couldn't have been looser for a playoff game. Went to bed last night thinking Sirianni's got to go. Woke up thinking, take it easy. He went to the Super Bowl last year. Everybody deserves a mulligan. Heard the three clips from Lane Johnson, and now I've decided he's got to go. I've I, I, been listening to clips my whole entire career. That was, that's a pretty smart dude. That was concerted. Like, he was letting you know he was asked three different ways, and he never took the opportunity to co-sign for Sirianni. And then the flatliner, your boy Jalen Hurts, he just was condescending. He was just like, I didn't know he was going anywhere. It's not like that's a cosign as well. He just he just was stating the facts that he didn't know he had been fired. Not exactly uh, strong praise. Let me steal uh, a Patrick Maher move from last week. If you fired your head coach tomorrow, how many of the openings right now would Nick Sirianni not only be the leading candidate for, but could he legitimately get the job? There's zero chance. Zero. There's not one job. There's not one opening right now that is choosing Nick Sirianni over the candidates available. Guys, to the points you both just made, think about this. The Arizona Cardinals, when they were completely out of contention, not only played hard, they oh, competed in one all game. year. Yeah. Shane Steichen's team goes 9-8 and eight with Gardner, the backup Minshew. I mean, this team had an opportunity in the final game of the regular season to get in the postseason. It took a historically great rookie quarterback to beat them. This is all, these are all things that are indictments of Nick Sirianni. And part of being a great head coach and being a great leader, it's not just motivating. It's understanding who to hire for your personnel. And it is a failure of a head coach to hire the wrong coordinators. That's on him. It may be. You're right. Everything you said is correct. However, this is a weird organization that's puppeteered by Howie Roseman. So we shall see. But your point is well taken. Head coach test. It's pretty simple. You fire your coach today. Does somebody scoop him up today or tomorrow? Sirianni, there's no chance. What's happening in Philly? We'll go straight to it. Scott Grayson, Fox 29 in Philly, sports anchor next. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. 
basically everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast. To start listening. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, DraftKings, for new customers, use that promo code VEGAS. Download the app, bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. It's a great deal. Plus, remember, everybody over at DraftKings, a no sweat, same game parlay every day. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. And as so often... We go to the losing locker room after a game like last night. Of course, the Eagles favored two and a half go down to Tampa Bay. The Buccaneers beat them up 32 to nine. So the conversation coming out of the game is what's going to happen. The future of the Eagles. Jason Kelsey has called it a career. The Hall of Famer there at center. So some changes on the horizon for the Philadelphia Eagles to discuss. Scott Grayson joins Fox 29 Philly sports anchor ESPN Radio 97.3 Eagles beat host props and locks. Fridays at 6.30 p.m. on Fox 29. And Scott, first off, thank you for the time. The conversation today in Philly, I'm guessing it's tense. Give us an idea of the conversation there in Philadelphia today. Uh, it is all about the figuring out, number one, what exactly happened over the last two months? And number two, what do you do about it? And and I think that's where right now, um, you know, the front office is sitting trying to, to decide that. And I think the, the, that you ask yourself, OK, well, how do you figure that out? Um, I, I think it's got to start with conversations with some of the key veterans on this team. And I expect Jeffrey Lurie has either already, you know, the owner has either already had those conversations uh, or is going to work on having them, and then you know today or tomorrow, um, to try to figure out what he does here. And, and I think it's it's you know it's it, it's such a complicated issue because you look at what Nick Sirianni has done here, and, and I think at the very least, you know they're going to have to replace. I, I think they've got to replace all the coordinators, um, and you got to kind of scrap that if you decide that Nick Sirianni can turn this around. Uh, if not, you're obviously going to be scrapping them anyway. Um, so there's a lot here to unpack for, for, for the front office. And, um, you know, they've got a big task ahead of them. I mean, there's a lot of, of contracts that are up, a lot of players to figure out, but you've got to first figure out who's going to be uh, steering the ship. And that's what, that's what these guys really have to figure out first and foremost. And, and I think those are the questions that they're going to be asking Nick Sirianni. What happened? And how do you propose you fix it from here going into next year if he's still the coach? Scott, two-part question. You went to high school in Downington. You're an Eagles fan. As a fan, what would you do? And what do you believe the team will end up doing with Nick Sirianni? Because Howie Roseman's been there 23 years. He's got a lot of cachet with Jeffrey Lurie. He does. And he's even gone through uh, spending a little time in the doghouse back when Chip Kelly got, got control of things. Uh, you know, it, 
I think fans around here and then what would I do as a fan to me, I don't see how you go 10 and one lose six of your last seven games and don't even get the 12 total wins uh, and, and have an answer that is responsible enough to be able to still steer this thing into next year. I, you know, maybe he will. Uh, to me, I just don't see, you know, and, then, and like I said, it's a complicated issue, partly because you look at all of the great coaches that are really out there that you could try to sway and come in here. And, and you have a, a key asset here, and that is, uh, you know, what's what's believed to be a franchise quarterback. And I still think he is. I don't. I, I think a lot of the regressions that Jalen Hurts had this year were due to the coaches and the schemes and the situations they put him into that were not favorable for success. So I think, you know, in my opinion, I think you seriously have to kick the tires on, on moving on. And, and that's tough because this guy had you to the playoffs all three years he's been here. His record is outstanding, uh, even with the slide at the end of this year. And he took you to the Super Bowl last year. Um, but I think, you know, if I were able to, and if it were me, I would want to hear that answer to that question I posed before. What happened and how do you plan on fixing it? Because I think if that's not a, a very strong, convincing answer, you have to move on. Scott Grayson on the Eagles beat joins us here. Sharp money presented by DraftKings. Let, let me ask you this. We just heard from Lane Johnson, Scott. He was asked three different ways about Sirianni and refused to co-sign for him. So refused to back the coach. It was very tactical on Johnson's part. Take us inside the locker room and the relationship between Sirianni and the players. Yeah, you know, it was, uh, you know, last year uh, winning is great, right? And and that, that locker room dynamic with Nick was, was fun. It was great. The chemistry was, was just high as could be. Uh, there was a great relationship between Sirianni and the players and especially the key veterans. And that was constantly mentioned and talked about. Somewhere along the line this year, and I don't even know really where it happened, but, you know, as you were talking to players more and more, and they are artful with their words. Lane Johnson's great. They understand how to say things without really saying it. Um, and, and I think we started to hear and, and hear little keywords and nuggets about things that, you know, that, that there just wasn't the faith in the coaches. Um, and, and the question was, and that we never really understood was, is it, is it the coordinators or is it even higher than that, that they were perhaps questioning? I think these players to a man would tell you if they were not on record that they didn't feel like they were being put in positions to succeed. So I think as we're hearing more and more from these players, now that the season is over and you're not trying to protect anything more for this year, you're getting a little more truth from them. I think what you're hearing is that there is that disconnect right now. And that's, again, something that I think, you know, has to be answered if Nick Sirianni is going to keep his job. How do you reconnect with this locker room? How do you rebuild that chemistry? Uh, Because right now I think there's a lot of doubt from players to coaches uh, as far as how they were putting them into positions to succeed, and, and frankly, not. Now, there were a lot of missed tackles last night. That's not on coaches. Yeah. That's clearly not on coaches. But there is some things that need to be fixed behind the scenes for sure. Scott, you But mentioned- the effort, I'm sorry, I'm just quickly, the effort, Scott, just wasn't there. Like, that was almost, forget scheme. I looked at the head coach because he's got players out there that just weren't giving max effort in a playoff game. No, you're absolutely right. And who was, right? For the most part, it became in the second half a Fletcher Cox, a Brandon Graham, guys who know that their window is closing, if not shut, here in Philly now. Um, and that is – so you saw the guys in the effort coming from the guys who were, who, who were realizing, you know, where things are, the reality of their situation. Younger players, the energy level just wasn't there. I mean, Devontae Smith certainly outperformed what, what was expected of a young player for sure. Um, especially when you think he's going to get double covered a lot with, with AJ Brown out. Um, but there were a lot of the, the energy. And frankly, that was a common theme over this last six to seven weeks. Um, it just didn't seem like they were fired up coming out of the locker room, that they were really had that all that energy. And that was a, a trademark and a staple of, of this team last year. They came out and they got you right away. And they came after you. Um, and, and, and included one of the things I had a question about was why, if you won the coin toss, were you deferring last night? Why did you put your defense, which has been, so awful out on the field first um, instead of trying to even go down and get three points yourself to start the game. There's a lot of things here that, that uh, frankly kind of fell apart. You're right about the energy level, the effort for sure. Um, there was a lot of, yeah, I don't think I want to make that tackle. Maybe were there business decisions being made a little bit in that game once it started to get late in the second half? Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be fixed here, like I said, and, and that's how he Roseman's job. 
Scott, you mentioned the defensive side of the ball, the lack of effort. When they made the change from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia, how was it received, not just on the defensive side of the ball, but as an organization as a whole? I think it was perceived initially as uh, an attention getting, like, oh, uh, okay, um, all right, let's let's see how this goes. Um, now, with hindsight, it was an awful decision. Um, you know, you t- and I don't think it's all Matt Patricia's fault. You tried to get him to run a defense and call a defense that isn't exactly the kind of defense he prefers or, or, you know, or, or would have built himself. And, and it's just looking back in hindsight, I don't know that I would ever make that move again because you don't have the benefit of training camp to build up your playbook, go over schemes and things that you really want. There was so much miscommunication um, it's several times, several games, motion was done and you see these guys looking at each other and move together and it's like, well, no, wait, one of you guys needs to stay over here. Um, and I think that's part of where it came from on the defensive side, talking to players where there was that, you know, the hints that there was that disconnect with the coaching staff or not necessarily believing they were in the right place at the right time. Why is Hassan Reddick dropping back in coverage so much at the end of the year? Uh, that guy is built for going after the quarterback. I think there's a lot of questions to ask there. So initially, I think it was, it, it was, it was a message sending kind of move that I think got some attention in the locker room. But then as it just continued to go and continued to go, I think it just started to become even more and more of a failed experiment. Uh, I don't think you put all the blame on Patricia. I think it it goes around uh, for sure. Um, but uh, you know, I, that's another question. Whose decision was that? Was that Nick Sirianni's decision right. or was that made above him? Um, and that's where that's accountability a, is going to have to start question. to be taken. Yeah, because they're they're a progressive, they're a different type of organization, as you mentioned off the top. Well, listen, Scott, it's going to be a busy couple of days covering not just the Eagles, but Philly sports head. So we appreciate the time. Fox 29 ESPN radio. Also, props and locks Friday, 630 p.m. on Fox 29. Scott Grayson. Thank you, Scott. Appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Okay, that was great. Good information. When we return, it does appear there's been a major decision made on one of the great coaches in the NFL today. So when we come back, we'll give you that information. I think it might surprise some. Stick around. Also, Emery Hunt's going to join, coming back as well. Mike Randall and the legend in Houston, John McClain. As we continue again, we're coming back with huge coaching news in the NFL. It's Sharp Money, presented by DraftKings. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 